Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars to The Office to cosplay to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and our final week of our Halloween episodes. And in our first episode this week, we are going to try and maybe scare our listeners with some personal paranormal experiences that a few of us have had um, or maybe even heard about. So we're just going to be telling some of our own personal stories, why we believe this stuff or maybe don't or what our belief system is in general. We're not going to get like too deep in that part, but it should be a lot of fun and might be a little bit spooky. We'll see. But before we get into that, just a couple of housekeeping notes. As always, we are taking listener support right now for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. You can click the listener support link in the show notes or go to our anchor page and click listener support there. And as I've mentioned before, uh, 50% of what we see from that will be going to a Black Lives Matter organization. I'm going to announce which organization, um, hopefully on our Stranger Things episode, that organization will receive 50% of whatever we see from donations. And from the one ad that we did have, that ad unfortunately has ended, so we're no longer receiving any monetary funds from that ad. The other two ads that we have, the election ones, are charity ads, so we didn't receive anything from that anyway. But 50% of what we will see from now until the end of November will go to one Black Lives Matter organization that we will be highlighting, and then we're going to be doing that every month, as I've mentioned before. So if you want to not only help us get better audio equipment, editing equipment, etc., and also help a charity at the same time, please become a donor. That would be great. And, you know, I am going to announce soon that hopefully at some point we can do a special episode where maybe we can have one of our donors on as a special guest. So that's a little bonus that you could look forward to if you become a donor. Okay, so let's get into our episode, um, our personal paranormal episode. Before we do that, though, I'm going to go around and have everyone tell me one thing in pop culture that they're into right now. And then just as an aside, Susie is supposed to be joining us, but she is difficulties. So she may come on later on. And if she does, I'll just stop to introduce her. So Melissa, if you want to tell me one thing in pop culture that you are excited about right now. Um, well, since it's like 
spooky season and like Halloween's coming up. I've been watching a lot of uh, paranormal stuff, you know, kind of on theme for what we're talking about. Um, But the new season of Destination Fear just came out. It's on Travel Channel, and basically they just get in an RV and take a road trip to, like, different haunted locations, and it's just four of them that they stay overnight in, like, haunted locations and see what they experience. So that's what, I, that's what I'm excited for. They It just premiered on Saturday, so I have it recorded to watch uh, probably on Wednesday when I have time. Yeah, I don't. I've never watched that, but I don't have um, regular cable, so I haven't watched anything on the Travel Channel. Well, I don't know if they're streaming anywhere, like old episodes uh, or anything. I believe um, on it's on the Travel Channel Go app, which I think is a free app where you can stream their shows. Okay, I'll have to look into that. Thanks. Awesome. And then Sasha. Uh, yep. So. I have been watching on Food Network. I also don't have regular cable, so it's on the Food Network Go app that you can just download. It's a free app. Um, And the old seasons are free. So I've been doing the Halloween Wars, where they have, you know, a master pumpkin carver, a master sugar artist, um, and a cake artist. And so the team of three, they're competing for big things. And It's a lot of fun to just kind of watch the creativity of people. And these pumpkin carvers are insanely good. Uh, My little sad triangle eye and jagged mouth guys, not going to cut it. But you can see Halloween Wars. You can get it for free on the Food Network uh, Go app that you can get on any platform. Yeah, I love Food Network shows. So, yeah, I, I know I've seen that one. And then I think there's another Halloween-themed one that's like Halloween Baking Championships because I love watching baking shows. I, yep. I just love those a lot. Um, yeah, like I used to watch um, <laughs> totally not the same thing, but Cupcake Wars. I, it's, oh. I know that show is so cheesy, but I love I that show. I love Cupcake Wars. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I love any of those baking championship challenges, Mm -hmm. mostly because my skills aren't at that level. So I like to see the creativity (laughs) that people come up with. And then I lay on my couch and go, I want cupcakes, but I don't want to (laughs) bake them. Yeah, it does make you want the cupcakes. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, this is Erin and I am breaking my rule and I'm going to recommend two things that I watched last night both on shutter shocker shocker um (laughs) the first one is called revenge and we have talked before um on a couple of episodes this month about movies where a woman is sexually assaulted and then either she takes revenge or the family takes revenge and this is along the same plots where it is a woman who is sexually assaulted um by this man who is the friend married man that she's having an affair with and the married man is just as scummy as the guy who rapes her and so they try to pay her off she doesn't take the money this isn't too much of a spoiler this happens pretty quickly and then the married man pushes her off a cliff because they're out in the middle of the desert because i guess these guys take this annual trip to go hunting and they think she's dead and she's not so it's just about her taking revenge um it's a very 
quick, gritty watch. Um, it's very bloody, very, very bloody, very gory. Um, it's written and directed by a woman. So I think that makes it better. It's it's really an interesting, interesting film. Um, there are subtitles in parts of it because um, some of the characters are French. But don't let that deter you because it's it's really easy watch and it's a really interesting one especially the cinematography is really interesting and then the other one is a totally funny horror thing it's called WNUF Halloween Special and the reason I recommend this is if you were a kid in the 80s you have to watch this because it's basically a VHS recording of a Halloween of a TV Halloween special from 1987 where a reporter goes into a house where you, you can tell it's kind of modeled after, after Amityville where the son had years prior killed his family with an ax. And he said it was because he got obsessed with a Ouija board he found in the attic kind of thing. And it's this lost footage and it looks like you're watching an old VHS tape. But the thing about it is it's not just about this thing where they're going in a haunted house. They have commercials that you would have seen all the time in the eighties. They have a, <laughs> they have a TV broadcast that you would have, that's very reminiscent of TV broadcasts in the eighties. So if you were a child of the eighties, I just highly recommend this. I mean, the drug, the anti-drug ads they have alone are just absolutely hysterical. And they also play into all the satanic panic that was going on back then. So it's, it's, it's a really, really entertaining watch. It's not at all scary so there is some quote-unquote scary stuff that supposedly happens but it's really not scary at all so yeah so both of those again are on shutter okay so let's get into our <laughs> sorry i just saw sasha's face and she's just laughing because of course i'm recommending shutter stuff so Aaron, what are you going to do when we get into like thanksgiving christmas and start talking about other genres of shows and stuff are you still going to be pushing shutter because <laughs> yeah, shutter at this point needs to sponsor you and i think we should get like a dime every time we say shutter 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 <laughs> i agree i agree i that's why i'll keep doing it you know eventually they will find out somehow <laughs> i should just i should just share episodes with them i should just i should just tag them in the episodes when i'm posting them. <laughs> you really should because you never know. Their social media person might get a kick out of it, and it might go somewhere. Like, yeah, you could start a dialogue with them. It just yeah. cracks me up. That's I watched this. <laughs> Guess where it was? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I still will be rec- recommending stuff from there. So, you know, maybe I'll watch um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, too, because that's on Shutter right now. <laughs> and that'll go for Christmas. So, anyway. <laughs> Okay, let's get into personal paranormal experiences. So I just want to go around and just have everyone just say what their first paranormal experience was. Um, And then we'll get into talking about other ones we've had. um, And then other ones we may have heard about that we want to share. Just the one thing I say with the sharing ones is, unless it's something where you know for sure you can use names is maybe don't use names of people if you're sharing their experiences, because I think these are kind of personal experiences sometimes. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, But Melissa, what was your first paranormal experience? Actually, it was just yesterday. Um, I was just on my first ghost hunt yesterday. Um, 
As far as I know, I don't know. At, at least as far as I can remember, I haven't had a personal experience. I've I've grown up listening to my family's experiences, and I've grown up like watching all the ghost hunting shows. But definitely yesterday, I for sure experienced some stuff, and it honestly ended up not being as scary as I was picturing it being. And it's not as like dramatic as like as other stories that I've heard. It it was basically I just saw a shadow. Like, I don't know what it was doing, but it was a shadow. Like, I think it was waving, maybe, but it was, like, this kind of motion. But, like, through a door frame. Um, It was at Rolling Hills Asylum. Me and my friends went to do a ghost hunt there. And it's really close to me. I've seen it, like, actually featured on some ghost hunting shows. And I didn't realize it was so close to me. Um, it's less than an hour drive. So my friend, she, she keeps like, she kept, she has been wanting me to go on a ghost hunt with her for a while. And I was like, no, no, I'm too scared. Like I was like, I was too creeped out at the idea of going. I was like, I'll never be able to do it. And honestly, it wasn't as scary as I was like psyching myself out to have it be. Um, but yeah, it I definitely was went in went in thinking if I ever saw anything like I probably would just freak out but I really didn't I just kind of was like I kind of just said oh yeah that just happened like in my mind and it was I felt very calm I didn't feel like threatened or scared but it it was more like I wasn't sure I was seeing what I was seeing until I confirmed with other people that they saw the same thing but it was definitely not as terrifying as I initially would have thought it would have been. Did anyone else have experiences there while you were there? Or were, so was this was like was this like with a group of people or some expert ghost hunters or So it was basically so we went in they couldn't take us on like a tour themselves because of COVID so they can only do groups of 10 or less and there was definitely more than 10 people there I think there was about 50 people there but everybody was in their own groups so like you signed up and you just stuck with your own group so and then everybody went around so but in 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 total I think there was about 50 people there but everybody was in their own like sort of group so they what they did was they Brought you in, you know, you filled out waivers saying, like, you're not going to sue if something happens and you're not going to take anything off property and you're not going to use any photos for, like, commercial use and blah, 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 blah. Like, all the legal jargon and everything. So that took about a half an hour, including them going over, like, the rules and regulations and a little bit of history and you watch your video. And then basically they just said, you, you know, go and explore. So you got to explore all 60,000 square feet of, of wow. on your own. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I, I, I really, it was, it was more like just walking around and seeing if anything happens or if you feel anything, try to do EVP sessions, which 
is really weird when you when you're doing it like when you're doing it because you're really just talking to like an empty room mm-hmm. hoping that you'll find something and you'll find like a voice later but yeah it was like it was a really cool experience because it like it made me realize that it's really not as scary as some shows would lead you to believe that it is mm-hmm. yeah no i think that's i think that's interesting that you had a more um calm experience i guess would be the word for it because i do think that happens a lot is that people think that any experience you're going to have that's paranormal is going to be a negative experience because yeah. that's what we've seen in movies Um, that's what we've seen in a lot of ghost hunting shows, which I have my own opinion on some of that. Uh, and that's what we've seen in like, you know, people like the Warrens and stuff like that. Um, and so, so I'm, so I'm glad to hear that you didn't have a negative experience because I think it's better to have your first experience be a positive one than a negative one. So they even said that. There was, like, a few spirits there that they made out to be more scary than they actually are on the shows. So they made them seem like they were evil and negative and, like, notoriously, like, they're known for not for being a more gentle spirit whenever they've heard, like, whenever they've heard people's experiences there. So... I think it's when you're seeing it on TV, like you're really not getting the full truth because it's really, I mean, it's TV, it's there for entertainment. So you have sort of a skewed, a skewed vision of what it actually is going to be like. Um, But yeah, I've always like envisioned like having these, like people have these dramatic first experiences and it's like crazy and scary and like and mine was just very calm and I don't know it's very so much the opposite of what I had initially thought it would be yeah well that's no that's cool I like I said I'm just really glad that your first experience was a positive one and if you have others I hope they're all the same way so um Sasha what yeah Sasha what was your first one so I was almost three It was Christmas, and I'm a January baby, so pretty much three years old. We were at a holiday party for, I think it was at my uncle's place of employment. There used to be a bar down on Colfax, Sid King's Crazy Horse Bar, that was, it's obviously no longer there in Denver, but um, it had some pretty ghostly occurrences there. Um. And so we were at this party, and my parents, being responsible parents, put me to down for sleep with my baby brother at the time, and uh, they heard me talking. So they came back into the room, and they're like, who are you talking to? And I responded with the little purple man in the top hat, at which point everybody was very confused and concerned that I had gotten into beer or something I shouldn't have. Um, but basically, I was having a full-blown conversation with a little man who was purple in a top hat that was roughly my size and thought it was perfectly normal. So they kind of left me alone to have this conversation. I don't recall any of the details. Again, I was like three. However, when we left, somebody was taking pictures of us on our way out 
and on the Polaroid pictures are a little like purple tinted smoke at my height level. So it can't be cigarette smoke or something like that. It is very clearly at my level near me. Um, and there's a picture of me, I think, on a couch or something. And my face is obscured by the same kind of haze. So that was my first experience. And it was fine. I, there was nothing scary. It was a little purple dude in a top hat. We were just carrying on a conversation. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, see, I think when I think kids are a lot more susceptible to this because they don't have that... Um, um, what is the word I'm looking for? The skepticism. They don't have that skepticism yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not jaded by life kind of thing. So that's why I think they're always a lot more susceptible and they're not always having negative experiences. So, yeah. So I think that's very, very close and comparable to, you know, what a lot of experiences can be. So, yeah. Yeah. And Susie it has joined us, which I'm very excited that she's able to join us. So I'm going to have her just say one thing that she's into in pop culture right now and then tell me your first paranormal experience, Susie. All right. Hello. So um, so, so one thing, I just recently watched a uh, Friday the 13th uh, fan film called Never Hike Alone. It's like 54 minutes long. It's available on YouTube. And it's about this hiker who just, like, comes across the remains of Camp Crystal Lake. And I think it's a really good, like, sort of, like, love letter to the Friday the 13th series, like, in a fan way. And also some actors um, from the series also make, like, brief cameos. And there actually has a sequel out now, which is also on YouTube. So <laughs> I, I recommend, like, giving it a look. Um, but... In terms of my first paranormal experience, um, okay, so quick disclaimer, my whole family is in touch with, like, the paranormal. So my, especially my my grandmas. Um, my, both my grandmas have had experiences, my mom has had experiences, my dad's had experiences. It's like a whole family thing. <laughs> um, but I... I had yet to had have one until like about like about a year ago actually like almost like within this week. Um, I used to work at a costume store here in Colorado called Disguises. Um, some Colorado locals may know it, some may not. In case you do, it's this really fun like costume store, but it also has like a really big history among the employees, especially of having ghosts and being haunted especially the downstairs area or like the so-called like basement called etc which is where I was where I worked like for most of the time that I was there and so okay so the ghosts there they're more of like the mischievous type like they're not out to do anything malicious so just they'll just mess with you by, by moving clothes or moving hangers moving racks changing the volume on the music and it's one of like the more things is that uh, during like Halloween season me and a few of the other girls that work there we were having a conversation with some customers right in front of the door where it was kind of like the um, quote-unquote back room and that's where we had like the music playing and everything and it had one of those like old receivers where you literally have to like turn it to change the volume so 
There was no one back there. All of us were standing in front of that door, so there was no way anyone could have gone past us. And the song, uh, the, um, how does it go? The boys who like boys who like boys to take girls. Like, that, that song was playing and then we just hear it getting louder and louder. And we're just like, hold on a second. And we hear it going louder and louder. And I was like, oh my God. And I ran to the back. And as I turned the corner to face the receiver and grab the knob, I saw the knob was moving by itself. <laughs> so I was like, no, no, not today. So I grabbed it and I turned it back down. And one of my coworkers who had, who's been there for like the longest time, she told me, oh, yeah, the ghosts do that. They like to turn the volume up and down on the songs that they like. So the songs that they do turn the volume up on, we put, like, a little heart next to, you know, in, like, in Spotify. So that we know that those are the ones that they like. And then later on in, um, like, during Christmas, I am, I'm, I'm not a Christmas person. I will begrudgingly, I will begrudgingly play like the most nonsense uh, Christmas music downstairs. And then one day there was a Christmas song on and I was alone down there. There was no customers. There was no one down there. All of a sudden in one of the Christmas songs, I hear the volume going down <laughs> and I just went, oh yeah, we'll get it guys. I'm not real Christmas either. <laughs> but yeah, there's like a lot of stories that my coworkers have told me there and other stuff that I've, experience there too but that was like my very first brush with the with the paranormal to actually like experience it myself that's cool and I um well thank you so much Susie for sharing that I'm really glad that you are able to join us um so my very first experience happened when I was about probably five or six years old and I lived uh, very near the Congress Park area, which was really close to Cheeseman as well. And as we've mentioned before, Cheeseman used to be a um, cemetery, and so was Congress Park. So it was this huge, huge, huge area, blocks and blocks that were a cemetery. And they didn't move the bodies. Um, they put the park over that and houses. And so that whole area has a huge haunted history. And I've had a a lot of things happen in that area. Um, and the first thing was we were living um, in a house, a really old Victorian style house that we were renting the top of it and then the bottom. So it was divided into two different apartments, basically. And one night I woke up and there was a woman standing in the doorway, just standing there staring at me, um, just like she was probably, I would say, in her 30s or so um, and just standing looking at me and I was terrified and I called my mom into the room and my mom came in, walked right through her, came over and turned on the lights and said, well, you're just, it's it was probably just a dream. Nothing's there. No one's here. I don't see anything. Um and I still had seen her and I've had tons of experiences since then. So I knew it was real. And I know that that is the first initial instinct of a parent is to tell their kids that what they're witnessing, what they're seeing is not real, which I understand um, why they do that. But, you know, I think at the same time, you kind of, I, I don't know if you should necessarily encourage what they're seeing, 
but just understanding and saying thinking that it could be real, but I understand why your first instinct would be, no, that's not, you're not seeing anything there. Um, so that was my first one was just was seeing one. And it is someone who has studied this for years at your own experiences, actually seeing an apparition, seeing a full apparition is incredibly rare. I think people think that's what happens all the time when you see a ghost, but that's in, or when you have a paranormal experience, but that's totally rare to actually see a spirit. Um, it's usually you feel something or something weird happens. Um, you don't usually see something. So that was, that was a pretty rare thing to, to have happen. And I think it's just because over there, um, the energy is so much stronger that I think, people are able to see a lot more stuff happen over there um, in that whole entire area. It was a great area to grow up as a kid, though. Um, not not because of the paranormal experiences necessarily, but it was just a great, a great area. So, yeah. Okay. So I want to get into just any other paranormal experiences that you want to mention, just a couple of them. Um, and if you don't have any other ones, if there are any ones that you've heard about that you want to share, Melissa? There's so many that I heard heard growing up, but the one that really sticks out to me is from my aunt. She tells us all the time, and I think it's like really I don't know. It's one of the creepier ones that I've heard. Um, she had a in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, which is, like, I want to say about two or three hours from New York City, so a lot of people from the city have, like, summer homes there, um, so she was on her way to the cabin one year, and she, on the side of the road, saw, like, a horse and buggy, and, like, this really, like, giant castle, like, in the middle of the woods, like, and it looked like there was, like, lights on and everything, like, just in the middle of, like, nowhere. And then she looked back and didn't see anything there. Like, it was just there and then it wasn't. But it was sort of, like, she described it as, like, looking into, like, sort of, like, a time warp, I guess. Because it looked like a lot of things, like, it looked like it was just like life as normal because like like the horse and carriage was like pulling up to the like into the driveway and it was so like that just really like kind of creeped me out just because of like the time slip thing because it I don't know that gets a little creepy to me almost sounds like seeing like the Dracula castle or you know, like something out of like Beauty and the Beast or any of those like fairy tale movies, right? Where you see like yeah. through the mist, you can see the kind of castle. Was it like that? Yeah. She, the way she described it, it was just like, like a like it was just there. Like it wasn't misty, but it wasn't. I don't know. Like she couldn't. Some of those things are really hard to describe unless you're. <laughs> Like, unless you see it, and then you, like, understand what people are trying to say. So, from what I understand, it it looked like it was, like, like a solid thing that was there. But then it just was gone. But it was, so she, it was just, like, a momentary thing. 
but it looked very solid. Like, like it was, like it was there, mm-hmm. but then, but it, like she knew it wasn't there because she had been there so many other times and it was only there momentarily. Right. Is there any history of houses or anything in that area like that? I mean, the, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that that it was probably probably like something that was there before. Like I said, it is it is known for like people from the city having summer homes there, but I'm sure that it's not like a a new thing that people have been settled there for years. Um. So, I don't know. I just always thought that stood out to me as, like, one of the ghost stories that we that they told. There's so many other ones. Like, because they grew up, my my mom and her siblings grew up in a haunted house. So, they had, they have so many stories. But for some reason, that one always just stands out to me. I think it's the time slip thing. Because, like, that's what I would categorize it as. Like, I'm not, like, a paranormal like expert or whatever but it just kind of seemed that way to me i'm gonna need you to do some research on the area and tell me if there's actually a spooky old place there that used to be there because now i'm really curious (laughs) okay (laughs) i will search sasha needs that (laughs) follow-up i need i need somebody to do the research for me and tell me if that exists because it's cool to see like a building that isn't there, like you said, like something out of the past, and then you turn around and it's gone. Like, I want to know if that building actually existed, or was it like an outlander where she fell through the rocks real quick? <laughs> <laughs> Just curious. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do a follow-up or something, or post a follow-up for the listeners as well to find out what your research found for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will look into it. Um, And Sasha, do you have any other experiences you want to talk about? Yeah, so unfortunately for Aaron and Susie, you're going to have to sit through this again, and I apologize. Um, So I lost my brother 17 years ago. uh, Earlier, It was earlier this month, and it was 17 years ago. But the weird part about it was he had kind of gone missing-ish. Like, we didn't realize he was missing until like a couple days had passed and then we're like nobody has heard from him what is going on but that night before we really started going what is going on um i had a dream and my younger brother had come to talk to me and was stuck in like the top of my stairwell so when you walked in the living room you could kind of turn and then my room was downstairs and he got stuck in the stop this top portion And he kept glitching into walls like he couldn't get through the walls and he was all twisted around and he just kept glitching. And it was very uh, traumatizing, I guess, for me. Like it sticks out. I can still picture him glitching into the walls. Um, And then so I at that point, it was like something has got to be wrong. There's something's not right. So turns out, yes, he was, in fact, deceased. We finally located where he was and all of that. And he had passed like two days prior to when we found him but since that point weird things have happened so that night that we found him a bunch of his friends had come over to the house I was living in and we were all sitting around talking about him and like I think they were mostly making sure that I was okay and we had a candle burning and the candle exploded I don't know if anybody's ever had a candle explode where they just kind of like 
wax ooze everywhere. Not good. Um, but it was sitting on like one of those sushi mats. And when the wax broke away, it was in the shape of a middle finger, which sounds weird to most people. However, my brother and I had this ongoing battle where we would try and slip a middle finger in different places. He drew one in my stocking for Christmas one year. I'd come home and there'd be an envelope taped to my door and it would be like a photocopy of his middle finger or he'd have drawn one for me. So it was very clearly I I knew it was my brother at that point because it's a middle finger. Nobody else does that. Like, who does that? Um, so that... There's that. And I've had several dreams about him over the years. And every time in the dream, I look at him and I go, you're dead. And he always responds with and or so. Like, I get that I'm dead. We can still have a conversation. Um, But I only he's only shows up in my dreams now. And I wonder if it's part of that, like grown up. You know, if he showed up in my like hallway be like dude what are you doing like you can't don't you can't just pop in like that so um i think he comes during my dreams and it it'll be you know once every two years or sometimes more often depending on what's going on in my life that he'll just pop up in a dream but every time i'm like you're dead he goes "Uh uh-huh yeah so let's continue so that is my uh that's kind of i think one of the biggest ones is just the the middle finger component of it um, just like it was very clearly a, hey, this is me. And then just the picture of him glitching, um, which, again, I know it was while I was asleep, but I still feel like that kind of counts because it's that like subconscious something's going on. So there, that is my kind of big one. That's that's a great one, though, and a profound one. I mean, that's that's a very personal, meaningful one. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you for, for sharing that because, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's wonderful. And that's a great little game that you two had <laughs> with the middle finger. It is one of those things, you know, you have those with certain people where you have a personal inside thing that only you would get. So that's, that's pretty amazing. So thank you. Um, Susie, do you have any other ones you want to share? Oh, yeah. There's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um <laughs> There's there's a few. Um, Alright, so when when I was a baby, uh, my godfather died. Um, I think uh, whilst uh, my godfather died whilst I was still a child, um, he had a very long like fight with alcoholism, and sadly, it took him from us way too soon. But um, he like before that, he was working on a wall in my parents' house. And uh, my mom says that I think uh, one day she just went to take a nap in the house. And this was shortly after he had died. And then all of a sudden she just hears him whistling. And he was whistling like his favorite song that he'd like to whistle whenever he was working on the wall. And it was coming from the wall that he was that he used to be working on and and my mother she said she like greeted him and said okay hello um very nice to have you but you need to go into the light now and she said the appropriate um amount of prayers to send him to the light and then the whistling just kind of stopped after that it kind of like petered out and 
it's it, it's just it's just like yeah that was that was your uh that was your godfather just you know whistling checking in just <laughs> being a little scamp and um like way before that too so my mom also had two previous kids before me that unfortunately didn't um live long beyond birth and I think after the loss of the second child, it was also the same situation. She told my grandpa, she was staying in my uh, grandparents' home, I believe. And she told my grandpa, hey, I'm going to go and and sleep upstairs. I'm just going to go take a nap. And I was like, okay, fine. And he was like doing work in his workshop and whatnot. And then she said that all of a sudden she could, she calls it, um, se me subió el muerto. So like the dead, like the dead crawled on top of her. And she said that, like, her eyes were wide open and she was trying to move and she couldn't move. And she kept calling up for my grandpa, but no sound would come out of her. And and the weight was there. And again, she, like, went into the hole, like, I'm going to send this person to the light. Send them away from me, like, have their spirit go, go forward. And then, like, the weight lifted and she started screaming. And my grandpa came in and he's like, what's going on? She goes, oh, my God, the dead guy got on top of me. And like she thinks it might have been the spirit of um of her child. And so now whenever I mean it, it could also have been sleep paralysis, but also it's like due to stuff that like she and my grandparents have experienced, that's kind of what we we would say back and apparently crawl on top of you while you're trying to go to sleep. I mean, come on guys. I'm just trying to take a nap. Um, but also, like, a story that's, like, really, um, that I've, like, heard time and time again is uh, is one that kind of, like, involves my dad and, like, his mom. So when my dad was, like, a kid, like, about six or nine years old, he got into a fight with some of his friends. And you know how kids, like, rough house and stuff? Um, but apparently it got to the point, unfortunately, where he got hurt, so he had a get taken to um kind of like uh, the hospital that was in the area so he went to put him in the room he had torn like I think a gash up the side of his leg so they were trying to like prep him to to get that fixed and so they they, the nurses came they took him to like suture him and stuff and my grandma stayed in the room and she said that while she was in the room it got so very cold like, cold enough that she could see her breath. I know this sounds, like, very, like, supernatural. Like, oh, it's getting... I can, I can see my breath in front of me. But she said that that's, that's kind of, like, what happened. And then this this old man in, in um, like, hospital... In, like, a hospital gown walked into the room. And he he looked at her and was like, what's that kid doing here? What was that, why was that kid in my room? And she told him, she's like, oh, well they put us in here and it's because they're just fixing them up. Uh, Why do you ask? And he told her, well, this is my room. Like I'm the one that's, that's occupying that bed. You guys can't be in here. And she told him, sir, that's not, I mean, they put us in here because the room was empty. I don't think this is your room. You probably have the wrong room. And he just kept going on like, no, this is my room. This isn't yours. And then he he was like, you know what? I'm just going to go get someone. 
and then he left and then like the cold like went away and everything and so my grandma grabbed a nurse and asked her like hey um was there another was there someone else that was supposed to be in this room and she told her no you guys are the only ones that we put in here and she and she said well there was an old man that came in and he was saying that this was his room and that we should get out that we this was this wasn't ours and she like described the man to the nurse and she said oh that man died like he he was he he passed away and we and we took him out before you guys got in here and my grandma was just like oh okay all right and so like and and I heard that story a lot as a kid growing up, and that always made me go, oh, my God, I want to see a ghost today. Oh, my God, I want to see a ghost. Like, that, to me, was, like, oh, that's got to that's gotta be such a cool experience. But my grandma would tell me, like, no, I'm going to – you'd never want to see a ghost because seeing a ghost is the most awful feeling that you can have. And it's it's just it's, – and I was a little kid, and I was just like, but I want to see him. And she would tell me, no, it's not any fun. Like, don't, don't, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. And please don't wish that upon yourself. And I mean, just like, I think my grandma, especially on my, uh, well, my, well, my dad's mom, she always has like a lot of stories of ghosts that come to her asking for help or saying like, hey, I promised that I would bring flowers to the church on Sunday. Can you please do that for me? And so... There my grandma goes, grabbing roses and taking them to church, and then she helps the spirits kind of, like, move on in a way if they ask her for, like, small favors and such. And even my dad has told her, like, Mom, why are you doing this? Why are you just let go? So this is how I'm, this is how I'm helping them. Well, and, and, you know, a couple of things from what you said, Susie, that I just, just want to share. Um, you know, I've been having these experiences since I was five years old. Quite a few years ago, I actually started shutting them down um, because they're not fun, honestly. It's not really that fun. Um, I'm not saying I've, I've there have all been negative, experience, negative experiences, but it isn't fun to see a, a ghost, and that's very rarely happened. It's usually other stuff you feel and have happened. Um, but I know people that have had that same thing of waking up and not being able to move and not just sleep paralysis, but they've seen someone there on them, on top of them. Um, and they've usually been able to just yell, get away from me or get off of me and they've left. Um, but those same people have had to have, um, a cleansing of the house because there were so many horrible things happening there, um, that they couldn't sleep peacefully there because of negative energy um because my belief system and i'll get into this deeper in a second after we take a break um is that for the most part people that ghosts and spirits that we see or feel are people that are trapped here and do not understand that they're dead or if they do understand they're dead, they have something that they needed to complete before they died. They can't move on. And a lot of the reason they can't move on is some person or thing that they're hanging on to on this plane of existence. 
Um, that's been my experience. So a lot of what you're saying, Susie, just is exactly what I've experienced, what I've felt. And it is something I wouldn't necessarily wish on people. I know a lot of people want to experience this stuff, want to have an experience. And I'm not saying you shouldn't try and go do that. But this is why I'm against Ouija boards. I think Ouija boards are evil, awful things. Um, I've used them quite a few times in my life. Um, but I do think they are things that you should not mess with. Because nine times out of ten, you are not contacting who you think you're contacting. So it's just inviting a lot of things in. But um, I have a ton of stories I could share. I'll share just a couple here. And then when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk a little bit about my belief system around this um, and how I've protected myself over the years. Um, but like I said, my first one was when I was five. And so then from then on, I had quite a few I have this knack of, and my mom used to tell me I could do this all the time, of where I can meet somebody and know instantly if they're a really bad person. Um, because I also read auras, so I just can kind of sense, and I've always been able to sense, if someone is a really evil person, which has only happened to me a couple of times, but it's a really freaky feeling. Um, and growing up in that area, which we left when we were, um, in middle school, but growing up in that area, we had lots of weird stuff happen. Like we'd have things buried in our front yard, um, like weird items we'd find, um, weird old like necklaces we'd find. Um, we had a lot of experiences in this duplex we lived in, we moved into or in that area, of like waking up with your hands over your head and being held, um, doors slamming, um, lots of cold spots, which um, the reason I think cold spots happen is it takes a lot of energy for a spirit to communicate with you. That's why I say it's so rare that you're going to see one because it's a lot of energy. You know, they're not, it's not flesh and blood, you know, they're not flesh and blood anymore. So they have to use a lot of energy around to try and communicate. So that's why to me, it'll sometimes be cold. Um, I had one time, my mom was looking for a place to live and I went with her because people used to always take me with them if they were trying to find a place to see if I would feel anything. And we went to this place, walked in and I went to my mom, like, you are not living here. This place is horrible. Weird feeling. I had this weird tree in the front. Well, come to find out this is where they used to hang people years and years ago. They would hang people in the front of this house and that, that tree was used for that. Um, and I was like, well, I'm glad you should move there because <laughs> you would have had a horrible time there because, you know, she can be pretty sensitive to this stuff too, um, which I won't go into that stuff because that's more personal for her. Um, and then I had uh, probably the freakiest experience I've ever had was there's a bar here in Denver, and I don't think it's open anymore, called High Street. And it's a bar I used to go to. It's like a – it's one of those where you – end up knowing everybody's name kind of thing, you know, the bartender. Well, above it used to be a brothel years and years ago. It was a brothel and they never remodeled it. And the, and what I think ended up happening to this place, because I had left Colorado for a little bit and heard that they were going to turn it into like upscale places to live, which is just a horrible thing to do anyway. But, you know, it's one of those things where they're gentrifying the whole area. So, uh, they were doing that with that place, I believe. But above the bar, 
Um, they still had the rooms like had never been touched. There were old bathtubs in there. They were really bad there. They had tons of ghost hunter shows that would go to this place. Um, and if you went up there, it was really, really the most negative energy I have ever felt in a place ever. Um, lots of souls trapped there, even a kid trapped there. I had an experience of feeling like I was being punched in the gut. Um, my experience was there was a guy there who was trying to communicate with me, who was talking to me, who had murdered people there. And he stayed there with the people he murdered and had them trapped there. And so I was trying to get him to move on, but it was so painful for me and made me sick. Um, and I remember being up there and doing um, one of the ghost hunter things. I don't know who these, I can't remember who they were by, right now. Um, and seeing orbs everywhere and even seeing like fog up there. Um and having this happen and having someone that was with me go, okay, we, we're going to leave. I don't want you to experience this anymore. We're leaving. We're going. Um, people that worked there had been pushed down the stairs. Um, just a lot of really, really negative energy. And what's interesting is you would think I would never want to go there. And I went there all the time. I hung out there. I did. I played Texas Hold'em there. We had Texas Hold'em games, um, which I love playing poker. So... I would be there constantly, and it was fine if you were in the bar, restaurant area. It was usually okay. It was just the second you went upstairs, it was like so much horror was trapped there um, that it was painful. It was physically painful to go up there, and I would hear lots of crying, um, lots of people afraid, not knowing what to do, not knowing where they were, why they were there. Um, and like I said, just this guy that if I were to believe in demons, which I'm not sure demons exist, I do think pure evil exists, but believing in pure evil, this, this man was pure evil. It was like being in the mind of a serial killer, um, and someone who had no heart and was getting off on having people trapped there on spirits trapped there, and then was getting off on hurting other people that would come there and investigate this place. So that was probably the most terrifying personal experience I've had. Um, I've had a lot of other ones that weren't necessarily fun, but weren't as bad as that. I've had a lot of times where I've had friends come to me because I, I had, for instance, when I was in high school, I had a friend come to me because she had used a Ouija board by herself in her house, something I told her not to do. And she used it. And ever since she'd used the Ouija board, she had been experiencing, like, she had seen spiders crawling all over her at one instance. She had been having these horrible things happen to her, like, kind of poltergeisty experiences, um, which I'll get it. I'll explain what I believe those are after the break. But um, so I went over there and did, like, a cleansing, contacted, um, and I'll go over this stuff after the break, too, of how I think you should do it. But, you know, be safe. Be cautious. Never do this stuff alone. And just cleansed that, um, got rid of that energy for her, made her destroy the Ouija board and never promised me to never use it again. Um, so I've had a lot of those. I've lived in a place not too, it was about a little bit over 10 years ago, where I knew that probably the person that lived there before had died in the house. Um, what well, was a townhouse. 
Um, and so we'd have times where like the faucet would just turn on and water would be running and little very, very m- minor things and, you know, not at all harmful, not at all someone who was evil or bad. Um, so things like that. But but like I said, I have not had an actual experience um, in quite a while because I did shut them off. Um yeah, so that's that's those are just some of mine. Um, there are tons more. Um, oh, I did see one time I saw a guy uh, at Congress Park. I don't know if you guys. Well, I know Melissa doesn't doesn't live here, but Congress uh, Park. There's this row, and I don't know if they're still there of trees, like on like, and there's like a path in between these two trees. It's kind of close to Eighth Avenue, and people would jog through this path. And one time just there saw this person just jogging, 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 and then they just kind of disappeared and then <laughs> reappeared and very, very, very harmless one as well. But yeah, so just little interesting things like that. And like I said, lots of doors slamming, um, lots of times with dogs not wanting to go into certain rooms, always listen to animals. Um, so th- those kind of things. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, what I want to talk about next is if we have any idea why these things might happen, what some of our personal beliefs are, we're not going to get like really delve deeply into that. I don't want people to be like thinking this is a religious podcast necessarily, um, but just kind of what our beliefs are of, of, of what these entities or what our experiences are, or why this stuff might happen. Um, and even if you don't believe in some of this stuff, i Love to hear that too. So we'll be back in just a second. So now I just want to briefly talk about why these things happen to us or why we believe they happen to us and sort of what our belief systems are around spirits in general. Um, if we think this is a common thing or if we think there are more fakes than real thing experiences out there. Melissa, what are your sort of beliefs around this? Um, I definitely think it's real. I, I am, I don't want to say that everything you see on TV is fake, but I definitely think there's more room to be a skeptic. If you're seeing it on TV, you, you kind of have to be more skeptical even though I've grown up watching them and like, since I, since I'm a believer, I like want to be like, Oh, well that definitely was real. I like, it has to be real. Like, cause the part of you wants it to be like, you want to have that proof. But, um, I think that you kind of have to go in with, uh, more of a skeptical mind. If you, if you are a believer, you have to kind of go in with the mindset of, you're of that it's not there it's not there you know so I definitely think it is real personally um just based on how many things my family has experienced and especially since even though they were small things yesterday when I you know I experienced things like that definitely like I definitely saw things um I'm not sh- sure I can answer the why part because I don't feel like I'm <laughs> like qualified to answer that. Um, but I think that 
I don't know. It's hard to put into words like why because nobody really knows why. Um, that's the whole point of people wanting to study it because we don't know the why part and that's why it is so interesting to us because we want to understand it yeah it can be I mean I think everybody has sort of a different feeling on it because it really is something you can't really prove in a lot of ways I mean there is evidence that you can have maybe a recording, something like that, that some people have, but there isn't a way to con- concretely prove that this stuff happens and exists. So it can be kind of hard to really say why it happens. I think, I think, I think being skeptical is reasonable because I, I'm skeptical and I've had stuff happen to me and I'm very skeptical. So yeah. yeah I think um, it's Sasha. Oh, sorry. 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 No, I, go ahead, Melissa. No, go ahead. Of like, I don't know. It is, it's really hard to even pinpoint like, oh, this is evidence because even if you get EVPs, especially for me, like when the ones I see, like that I hear that other people recorded, they'll be like, well, I think it's saying this and I'll hear something totally different. So it's like, who's, who's right, who's wrong. Like, so we really don't know like what's actually there. So I think it's, it's really a thing, like, unless you experience something like, that specific thing that you experience is is real and that has happened to you so you can't really prove or disprove that it's sort of like a personal thing like you personally know that it happened so it's not something that can really be proven to others do you know what I mean yeah yeah I totally know what you mean Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah Sasha what are your so I want to agree with Melissa on that. It's a very personal thing. So if you've had experiences, they're yours and nobody can tell you that they're not. Um, and you know what happened to you and what didn't. And so they're very much for you. And it is one of those things where it's hard to prove and not prove. But um, for me, I think it's, I I wasn't raised with any religious upbringing at all. I was raised by very hippie parents and Anybody who knows me kind of knows that. And I have that, like, free-spirited thing from that. Um, So I don't have any, like, religious background for any of the ghost stuff or anything of that. I do have a healthy dose of skepticism as well. Because I think certain things are definitely out there and happening. And other things I go, I'm not so sure that that's actually how that played out. Especially some of the more, you know, like, televised or air quotes well-known hauntings that have different versions um i just kind of wonder about those so but i do it it's just it's a personal thing and i'm not going to tell you whether your god exists or not and you don't tell me if i had a ghost experience or not we're all good it's just kind of my view yeah no i i, I like that it makes sense too so. Susie. Um, I do, I, I do agree with Melissa with the whole, um, like, everything we see on ghost shows. I, it's, I think it's really good to be skeptic about because most of it can be stuff that they fix for the show because it's like, oh my god, the big ghost moment, oh, there's EVP, that's, that's saying, like, this whole list of things. 
And you also have to keep in mind that when these like ghost hunters are at these locations, what we see in like a forty-five minute time slot, they've they're going through like hours and hours of footage because they've been there for like the whole night. So I think that that can lead to like a sense of disappointment for when people go to those same locations and they're probably there for like an hour or a little over than that, and they're like, "Well, I didn't see anything, so ghosts must not be real. It's all fake." I think it's good to keep a sense of um, skepticism in that regard because, again, those people are there for hours upon hours and all that they've shown you is most of the most likely convincing evidence that they have. And I don't think you're going to necessarily get that same evidence in a short time span unless you're, like, super lucky or or just, like, the stars have aligned for you <laughs> for some reason. Um, I, like... I can't, I I don't think there's any, I can't say why these things happen. I think they just do. I think it would be very, um, I think it would be very kind of like ignorant just to assume that this plane of existence that we're currently in is the only one. I think there's a very high possibility that there's other like realities and other um you know, kind of like timelines, other spaces that exist with ours. I feel like that's a very real thing. And I also feel like there's a lot of also like kind of spiritual planes. I mean, okay, for every ghost that my mother has come across, she always uses the prayer of light to send their soul to the light. And that has always worked for her, and that's great. And for when you're when you grow up catholic i grew up catholic that's you kind of they kind of drilling you a healthy fear of the supernatural but as a kid even though i grew up in that religion i never really much bought into it um i like to consider myself agnostic so i do think there is a higher power i just i'm not like 100% sure that it's god necessarily or buddha or um, um, or or Muhammad or or such and such. I I feel like if you think that God is the higher power, then that's great for you. I'm glad that that's a belief system that you have found and that you trust in. That's great. If you think that Buddha is the higher power, then that's great. Good for you. I just I ask that those same people do not try to belittle my own experiences and my own beliefs because I'm not going to belittle them. Like if you don't think that I'm experiencing ghosts, that's fine. Just don't try to like convert me <laughs> into your, into, into whatever kind of like school of thought you want me to have. Cause I have my own experiences and I have my own thoughts and like my own set of beliefs. And that's what I believe. Like I do believe that ghosts are real and I believe that they exist and that there is a possibility that anyone can interact with one, be, be it very minimally by hearing like voices or seeing things move or by seeing a full body apparition. So I, I just think it comes down to kind of like a roll of the dice. I'm not sure. Um, also, it's going to sound really weird, but I know that sometimes when skeptics 
say like, oh, I went to this one location where everyone sees that they, where everyone says that they've seen a full body apparition, but I didn't see it. What's up with that? Um, it's going to sound really weird, but sometimes I think ghosts need to ferment. Like, okay, it, it sounds really weird, but hear me out. Okay, so some, I know that sometimes ghosts and and souls can be caught in like a web and they can be born or created in a web of like anguish and in great tragedy. Like that is like all the asylums that we hear about that are haunted. I feel like it's a very true possibility that they are haunted because again, all these places have seen like great suffering and torment. And it's very possible that those same souls that have passed there have like clung on to that torment. And some people say like, Oh, why can't, like, if we see ghosts from, like, the 1800s, or if we see ghosts from, like, the 50s and such, why can't we see any modern-day ghosts? Maybe that ghost just needs more time to f- ferment, I guess, you could say. I don't know, that's kind of, like, a weird, like, thought that I have sometimes. When people are like, why, why, am, I, why am I not seeing any ghosts from the 90s? Maybe that ghost hasn't, like, fermented enough or or built enough strength to come into contact with you and tell you hey what's uh what's going on i don't know it's just it's a really weird train of thought there um but it took a long time i've always believed that there was a higher power out there um for me as someone who's had a lot of experiences like this I've been to a lot of people to try to help me with these experiences because, like I said, it hasn't always been pleasant. And when you have it happen to you a lot and you can't turn it off or you don't know how to turn it off, it's important to find a way to turn it off. And for me, I, you know, went to people who said, you know, you can basically just turn it off. You can say, nope, I don't believe in this right now. So it's kind of like switching, like turning a knob. It's literally like turning a knob in your head and saying, no, I don't want to experience this stuff anymore. So I'm going to turn it off right now. And then if I wanted to, to turn it back on. I also have two spirits that I consider my guardian angels. One is male and one is female. And I will call on them occasionally if I'm going to a place that I think is haunted, that I think might cause me harm that I might be scared of and it doesn't even necessarily have to be paranormal if I'm going into a situation that's not good if I have something traumatic happen to me um, I might try and call on them as protection and I think I've always told people when you're if you're going to mess with this stuff if you're going to actually go out and try and do this stuff try and carry something that you think of as a protection um Maybe call on somebody that has passed in your life that you feel you might that you feel might offer you some kind of protection. If you insist on ever using a Ouija board, number one, never do it alone. Number two, make a Ouija board. I've made Ouija boards a lot. Say a blessing over them, whatever that blessing may be. Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe you just want to bless it with sage. Maybe you just want to hold a candle over it. I mean, you know, not too closely, of course. Um, and then use it. And then after you use it, the big thing I always say is make sure you say goodbye to whatever you have contacted, blow out the candle. That's another thing is I always say, have candles burning, 
make them go towards the candle, blow out the candle. To me, that sometimes works, getting rid of them, and then burn. Burn the Ouija board if you're going to use it. I don't want you to use Ouija boards, but I'm just saying if you're going to use a Ouija board, do it that way. Don't buy them. I think it's horrible that it's like a toy. But I know a lot of people don't believe in it, and I do think there are, are there are frauds out there. I think there's a lot of frauds out there. I think there's more fraudulent stuff out there than real stuff, to be honest. Um, and I don't always believe that everything that's happened to me is necessarily real. I feel it, but I know that, hey, some of this stuff might not be real. When I was in that bar and I saw, like, smoke or fog, maybe those ghost hunters planted a fog machine there. You never know. Um, like I've said before, I don't believe in the Warrens. I think they're scam artists. Um, and I, you know, I think my big, my big issue is when you have people that are gifted with, I think it's a gift. If you're able to see or feel spirits, if you are able to, um, you know, see auras or feel auras, like I feel auras, if you're able to do that kind of stuff, I think that's a gift that you have been given. And I think a lot of times, this has been my belief, and I'm kind of slowly turning the corner on this, that when people use those gifts for money and they make monetary gains from that or they become famous because of that, there's a part of me that feels it taints that gift or it makes me think you don't really have a gift. Like, People that are phone psychics, that kind of stuff. Um, I remember called. I called up one just for fun with the one that's, you know, the first two minutes are free and then blah, blah, blah. This was years ago, of course. And I called and first two minutes they spent saying, so where do you live? How you doing? What you doing? And I'm like, um, aren't you just going to get along with the reading and not, and not do this little chit chat because you want to charge me money. That's why you're doing that. Um, that's the goal is to make money. So for me, it's always tended to sort of cheapen it sometimes. Um, there was this store, and now for some reason I'm forgetting the name, on Pearl Street here in Denver that, you know, sold a lot of crystals. They had, um, you know, psychics on staff. They had clairvoyance, all this sort of stuff. Um, and there was a brief moment in time where I toyed with being there and doing oral readings and making money off of doing that. Um, and then I decided not to. And the main reason I decided not to is honestly, it exhausts me. Doing them is so exhausting. Um, and this is sort of a different side of paranormal, but with aura readings, I, I physically feel them. I don't see auras. I feel them around you, um, around the person. And when I do a reading, it's like I take on that person, all their stuff, all their crap they're dealing with, um, you know, because your aura is constantly changing. Um, you have one that you're born with that you have forever, but then there's other things that constantly change it, certain aspects of it. And it can be exhausting. It also makes me love, usually, the person that I'm doing that for a lot more. Um, it's given me a greater appreciation for men. <laughs> Reading male auras is a lot different than female auras. Um, and I haven't done it in a while. And there's a part of me that goes, okay, so you have this gift of paranormal experiences and being able to sense if a place is haunted or not, or being able to sense if there's something off about a place, but you're not using it. You have this gift of being able to read auras and 
uh, help people that way, or at least I've been told I've helped people a lot doing those, but I'm not doing them. So it's this weird thing of like, of like balancing that self-care with also using a gift that I believe was given to me by, in my belief system, God, um, if you believe in a higher power or anything like that, that's, that's how I believe I got this, these gifts. And so I've been dealing with that a lot lately. Actually, it's really interesting. I've been coming to terms with thinking, hmm, I should be doing that stuff again. Maybe I should find a way to incorporate that into my life. And maybe I should offer that. It wouldn't be something I'd pay, I'd charge for, but maybe I should offer that service to friends. Maybe I should say, hey, do you want me to do an aura reading for you? Um, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, of course that would have to be after when we're able to get within six feet of each other, cause it's a very intimate experience. So you couldn't do it in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> Can we pay you in M&Ms? Oh, I love M&Ms. So I'd always take that. People have t- taken me for coffee, that kind of thing. Anyway, that's kind of my long roundabout thing of explaining sort of what my belief system is. But my big thing, just a takeaway that I just want to reiterate for everybody out there if you are wanting to experience this stuff if you do want to delve into any kind of occult stuff any kind of paranormal please just use caution and I know that may sound silly to you and you may laugh but please do because this could hurt your psyche a lot um could hurt your spirit a lot you don't know what you're going to be getting into so don't do it alone don't use a Ouija board please And just try to find some way of getting a sense of protection, whether it's a prayer, whether you have a rosary, whether you have sage, anything, whatever your belief system is. I think if you believe in it, it helps you, even if it's a different belief system than somebody else has. So, okay. Well, before we close out, does anyone want to have anything else they want to quickly add on to that before I close us out? Okay, because I felt like I was ending on a very heavy note there. So, okay, well, um, we're going to go around and just have everybody say where they can be found if they want to be found. Melissa? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rob's Old Pal. And on Twitter, I have also a photo account, Old Pal Photo. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And she and uh, Melissa also um, did the artwork for Meg and Carla's podcast, Bed, Wed, or, and Behead, or Behead. Um, yeah, so I don't know if everybody has listened to one of those episodes yet, but it's a really entertaining podcast, and I was on one of them. So, <laughs> um, And hey, Sasha, how are you doing over there? Fantastic. Guess what today is? Is this the day? Today is the day. <laughs> it's the day. The day is the oh day. Oh my god. And here is why today is the day. Because I am going to I'm going to give everybody my Instagram and I'm going to put up a picture of the wax middle finger and I am going to put up the pictures of me with the ghostly smoke kind of haze around me. So that people can see those images. So you can find me on Instagram. And my Instagram name is vegan geek chick. Just like it sounds. So that's where you can find me. And I will put up those pictures so that people can see them. 
Wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out, everybody. Thank you, Sasha. Yay. <laughs> I'm glad it, glad it happened during this month. So. <laughs> awesome. And Susie? Well, hello. Uh, you can find my dog on Instagram at Benny underscore Pelucita. So that's B-E-N-N-I-E underscore P-E-L-U-S-I-T-A. Wonderful. Great. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. Um, if you have any feedback, any personal stories um, of paranormal experiences you'd like to share with us, feel free to reach out to us via email at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get found in that big, wide world of podcasts. And on our next episode, we're going to be wrapping up our Halloween episodes with a discussion of paranormal films. So some of our favorite ones. And Sasha and Susie will be back for that one. So that one is a lot of fun. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. Hey, podcast listener, do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.